Hello, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I'm your host. And I want to thank you all for joining me on uh, Plant Profits. Plant Profits is brought to you uh, by Protus Global. And I want to thank all of you again for uh, joining uh, us today. I'm really looking forward. I'm really excited about the conversation uh, we're going to have today. And I want to give you a little background about my guest. Back in 2014, with just 900 bucks, 900 smackums. And it quickly became the nation's, he, he formed this business and it be, quickly became the nation's leading purveyor of hemp-based cannabinoid and psychedelics consumer products. $900 he started uh, this business with, and now he's riding a wave on top of the world doing his thing. My guest today is Mr. Nick Warrender, and Nick is the CEO of Lifted Made, Vice Chairman and COO of LFTD Partners. Nick, how are you today? I'm great, Vern. Thanks for having me on, man. Look forward to uh, diving deep today with you. Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it um, also. Now, uh, are you from Wisconsin? I know you're in Wisconsin today, but are you from Wisconsin, man? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Midwest guy, man. I, yeah. I grew up on the border on the Illinois side and then uh, moved okay. over to Wisconsin. And, and I've been here since, man. This is just where God placed me. <laughs> God did. God did. So uh, it's, it's quite interesting. You you have a, a background that I, I love to dive into because it it, it is a it's a book at least one. And I'm sure you've thought about that. Uh, and, and the older you get, you'll think more about that. But, um, you know, uh, so for the listening audience uh, today, uh, my man, Nick, uh, was the Midwest. You were a highly ranked hoopster, right? I was. <laughs> Basketball was the first love, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a DJ. That's right. Yeah. So what kind of music were you spinning, man? Tell me what the what the vinyl was was putting out. It was more so uh, like cerebral hip hop, you know. Okay. Well, like, wait a minute. Hold on. Stop. Cerebral hip hop. What's cerebral hip hop? I, you know, like uh, I'd say J Cole, Kendrick Lamar. Those. Oh, are nice. Big, that is cerebral hip hop. Yeah. Big influences. You know, um, always wanted to get a positive message and maybe get get people thinking a little bit deeper about life. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So you enjoy, do you still enjoy the music piece? I do. Um, you know, this industry takes everything I got and then some, so yeah. I, I haven't yeah. been able to do much of it, but you know, music is, is a huge part of my life and I, I think everybody else is too. Right. So yeah. Yeah. what you put in comes out. Yeah. Do all your friends, most of your friends, today's friends know about that music piece. Do they, do they, what I'm asking you really Nick is is when there's a party, do they they try to set you up, man? They and do. have you spin the records, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it comes up, it pops up every once in a while. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. But I really want to dive into this hoop thing, man. How'd you get involved in hoops? Um, I started playing basketball when I was like three years old. Um, okay. In third grade, I played in a a fifth and sixth grade league. Um, and seventh grade, I played on a JV team and seventh and, grade, a JV yeah, team. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I started doing the AAU, uh, play with the rising oh, yeah. stars out of Chicago. Oh, you that's know, a famous group. 
Yeah, I got yeah. to play with the likings of Derek Rose and Brandon Jennings and yeah. guys that that ended up getting there. You know, uh-huh. so uh, really high level basketball, man. That was uh, that was that was life for a long time. Tell me about your game, man. Talk to me about your game. Um, yeah, so I I was a deep shooter. You know, okay, um, okay, I the with the left hand. You know, so they they always kind of forced me right. Yeah, so you either got buried with the jump shot or you got crossed up and, and finished down with the left, you know, and then uh, come seventh grade, I started playing above the rim. Oh, really? Yeah. Seventh yeah. grade, man. How tall are you? I'm six, two. And, and seventh grade, you were playing above the rim. Yep. Yep. Um, you got hops. Yeah, it was it was uh-huh. a lot of fun, man. You know, as a kid, you don't really know how good you are. And then you get older and you look back on it and you're like, oh, man, I, you know, I, I, had, <laughs> I had a shot. That's the sauce, man. You know, <laughs> you had you you had you had a you had a, a a shot, man. But something happened, brother. Tell tell me the story. Of what happened to that dream? Yeah, yeah. So uh, as I was getting into high school, mm-hmm. that's when you know you start playing at the different Division One schools and the training mm-hmm. camps, and you know everybody's talking to you, but they can't really talk to you yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. We went on a family vacation just to kind of celebrate this journey that I had been on for pretty much my whole life and kind of where it was headed. Well, hold on. So at this point, you and the family knew you were, you were going to go somewhere on the school's dime. You knew that already. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it felt like it was it was the beginning. OK. Know? And little did I know that that was the end, you know. Um, so we, wow. we went on. Yeah, we went on a cruise, man, and it was uh, it was a great trip. And the last stop was was in Belize, and mm-hmm. get off the ship, and and uh, you know we ended up kind of in the crossfires of crooked police and and drug dealers, and um, me, my brother, my best friend at the time, we we got we got kidnapped. You know, we ended up getting three of you, three yeah. of you. Yep, we ended up getting snatched up. And you got kidnapped. Your and your mom, dad, families were separated from you. They were in Belize with you, though. Yeah. So my uh, my parents were on the ship. My dad mm. ended up getting off the ship. So my mm. mom, you know, from her perspective, her whole family disappeared. Um, so my dad knew something bad had happened. He couldn't get yeah. a hold of us. Yeah. And uh, you know, he he felt something inside him. Like I need to to get off this ship and I need to try to find my kids. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So he went through this, this, this amazing journey, this, you know, his side of the story as we're making our way through this prison system. Um, you know, he got lined up with just the right people. It was, it was really a, a God influence type scenario. If you don't believe okay. in God, man, this is a story that we get you thinking about it. Okay. Um, All right. And, Talk to uh, me. Talk you to know, me he was staying at the small bed and breakfast and yeah. the guy was like, you look like shit, man. You're, are you on vacation? Like you're by yourself. Like what's going on? He's like, I think something happened to my kids. They, uh, you know, they're not answering. They haven't been mm-hmm. back on this ship. So this guy's like, look, I've got, you know, my sister, she, she knows everybody on this Island. And it was this, this amazing woman that literally lived in like a dirt hut, you know? Yeah. And as we're making our way through this prison system, you know, they're working behind the scenes. They end up showing up at, at in front of the magistrate where we finally, you know, kind of have mm. this hearing or whatever. And, 
you know, this, this lady's talking in their, their native tongue to the judge and we end up walking right out this front door. So, wow. You know, we're now in a position where we're, we've like legally illegally entered into the country uh, because they don't, they don't give you a passport stamp when you come off a cruise ship. So we, uh, she had to take us down to Guatemala. You know, we ended up getting, getting passports in 12 hours. We ended up really, we ended up getting stamped in legally. Um, and then I had to, I had to try to get out of there to get back, to take my SAT which was literally like 48 hours later. Oh, so we're at the airport, you know, uh-huh. walking through the lines, there's no flights, there's no seats. And oh. the guy's like, there's one first class. And I'm like, I don't have any money. And he's like, don't worry about it. You're going to walk through the back of, of this entryway. You're going to skip security and you're going to run to this gate. So I left the rest of them there, man. I ran to this gate and got on this plane. Never flew first class in my life. Right. And uh, I'm like, I like burst into tears as soon as I got on this flight. Yeah. Stewardess is like, can I get you something to eat? And I'm like, I have no money. She's uh-huh. like, sweetie, you're in first class. Like, you don't, you, don't <laughs> you uh, keep saying, I don't have any money. I don't yeah. have any money. Why is all this good thing happening to me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I ended up getting on this plane, man. Mm. Um, there was more divine intervention. The lady that was mm. sitting next to me was a, was a teacher and she specialized in, uh, SAT preparation. No, stop it. Stop it. it Hold on. Stop it. You cannot, you and I could sit here all day and could make this story up. No, you really can't. And this is the, you know, this is the foot cliff note version. I'd be on here for three hours. (laughs) I want you to be now. (laughs) Uh, So I, uh, Let's do get, let's do a couple of weeks of shows here, baby. Yeah, I, 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 I love the, this story. I get in the right mindset through this yeah. fight, man. I get home. I smoke like the fattest blunt. <laughs> can't sleep, you know. <laughs> and I wake up and I take this SAT, man. I get like a 31 on it. And little did I know that mm-hmm. uh, that was going to make all the difference in me getting into college. Mm-hmm. Uh, because over the next four weeks, I come down with this incredible sickness, you know, I'm in, mm-hmm. in the hospital. Um, the doctors are really stumped. I went to like 27 specialists. Some of them would fly in to kind of look wow. at me in my case and they chalked it up to autoimmune disorder. Yeah. I think I picked up some sort of virus when I was Where? down, down, down in, in Belize. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was how, uh, how many days were you actually, you know, it was just under, yeah, just under a week. So and, several days. I mean, you yeah. you spent nights not understanding what was next. Right. And we had ended up in in what's believed to be the second worst prison system in the world behind like one prison in Russia. Right. So uh, wow. They had, you know, these really nasty bugs. There was no bathrooms. It's about 140 degrees in this place. So wow. You know, Lord that, knows that, man, what, that, what, oh, what was in there. I didn't eat. I didn't drink anything. You know, the water is brown, the food, oh, what geez. it was. Right. So, so you was, guys, you and your, your brother and your buddy was, I mean, you guys were, sur- were, were suffering. I mean, you were literally, yeah. uh, this was yeah. in dire, dire straits. Look, we're going to take a Nick, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. We're going to pick up on this and we're going to dive into actually what you got out of that experience right that was good. and yeah ab- absolutely absolutely 
Hey, I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And I want to thank you all for joining us here today. What a, a captivating story by our guest today, Nick Warrender. And Nick is the CEO of Lifted Made and the vice chairman and COO of LFTD Partners. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I am the host of Plant Profits. And my guest today telling this riveting story is Mr. Nick Warrender, and he's the CEO of Lift and Made, Vice Chairman and COO, LFTD Partners. Man, this, this story is, is captivating. So you, you're back, you smoke this big blunt, you, you're trying to get ready for your ACTs, you score 31, which is an excellent score, by the way. And um, man, so here you are. What's next? So I'm in and out, out of the hospital. Like, yeah, you know, every, every couple months, man. And, mm. and I'm in there for extended periods of time. I'm on all sorts of pharmaceuticals. There was one point I was taking 90 milligrams of prednisone a day. Uh, 90 milligrams of prednisone a day? A day, an incredible amount. That, that is it was it was crazy it was it was, it was damaging insane. right yeah it's damaging it's damaging exactly so cannabis was how i was kind of coping with mm-hmm. not only the pharmaceuticals i was on but the pain i was in uh obviously i, I lost a lot of like physical mass yeah um, couldn't ball you know i couldn't go right. to training camps i kind of just got and, and as soon as you're a weak link man they they cut you, you know, you're, you're out, you're no good you're out. on to the next, right. On to like the next fruit, you know, <laughs> yeah. like you're not making it in the pie. Um, so I ended up in a small art school. Okay. You know, really struggled with, uh, you know, what my purpose was, right. I, yeah. thought, I thought my purpose was, was ball play this game. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I lost that. And I'm again, a, a cannabis user to help with, the pain I was suffering through and I came across yeah. CBD and, uh, wow. You know, that, that was a turning point. This is way before CBD was. Wait, wait a minute. So how, so, so this journey has already enriched your life because now you've, you found something that's new to the environment and you're using it and you're finding that it's working for you. Right. Yep. This is while you're in in school studying. This is at school. I'm just getting out of college at this. You just point. you just yep. popping out. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, you know, in school, I don't really know what I want to do. I end up in the arts department with the communications people and the right. creative people, and I'm like, I started making music as an outlet. Yeah. Uh, but cannabis was like kind of that baseline thing that was a constant in my life, okay. right? And and I knew the stigmas and I knew, and CBD was like, damn, you know, this, this could change the perspective of cannabis. Okay. And I knew that if it could help me and all the things that I'm going through, I think there's right. going to be a massive market for this. And this is early circa CBD, man. This is when. What, what year was this about? Do you remember? 2014. 2000. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you know, we launched Lifted. I should say I launched Lifted, just kind of like a one-man show. Um, why did you do Lifted? Let's talk of- about that. Why did Why did you do Lifted? Why do you call it Lifted? Right? Yeah. And and what what was what was the spirit behind this? Um, it was it was kind of this brand that was in my mind for a long time. It was okay. it was a term that wasn't used yet. You know, now okay. it's it's huge. It's everywhere. It's 
it's beyond even us as a brand, you know, okay. it's, it's a terminology these days. Right. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it was sticky. Um, okay. I, I especially knew it because the first week in the business, people were like, Oh, I've heard of you guys. I'm like, man, there's no way, way. But, you know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, so it was, it was just me for a long time. Uh, okay. you know, I'd produce product, uh-huh. uh, in the mornings and the afternoons and nights, I, I would go out and sell what I produced that day. And then I'd stay up all night and do the web development and the, the social right. media marketing and, and just start, you know, gradually building this thing out. Um, so that that kind of launched me into this this entrepreneurship journey where I didn't have experience. I didn't go to business school. But uh, but you were you had a day job too at this time. I did. Yeah. I mean you you were you're you're just to be honest with you. You're doing some dull shit. You know. Straight up. <laughs> yeah. I mean industrial process equipment, equipment pumps. Man. What the yeah. hell? How did yeah. you get it? How but, the hell did you? Get there man yeah that was my pop's business okay uh, came from right. uh, industrial right. equipment distribution and, okay you know i i tried man it was just it had it just wasn't it wasn't for it wasn't me. vibing was it now nah. it wasn't for me man it yeah. wasn't for me so i i i ended up uh getting all in to to this journey of entrepreneurship yeah know? yeah uh, living out of my girlfriend's house and sometimes out of my car and right you know, working out of a 10 by 10 room with no AC and yeah, know, started to grind it out. Right. Um, what, what made you think it could work? Why did you keep going? I knew success happened behind closed doors, you know, okay. basketball really set me up uh, mentally um, yeah. to, to build that wherewithal. You know, there were so many people that didn't believe that I could do what I did in basketball. And it was, it was, it was all those, those lessons, you know, you learn how to win humbly, you know, you learn how to lose gracefully. You learn how to work as a team. Um, you know, I, I won championships. I won championships mm-hmm. with teams that had no business winning championships. So I, <laughs> I got to see, uh, you know, what people coming together towards one goal looks like and what the, yeah. be. um, and I never compared myself. And I think that was a huge thing because there, yeah. there was big companies that were coming out. There was uh-huh. big public companies that were coming in with these. Ma- I mean, if you looked yeah. at the industry and what was happening when it first started, yeah, you would think I could never do anything like this. You know, I'm just going to get crushed like a cockroach. Well, because it was a wave. It was just so many. It was so just many, a wave. So and, saturated. And, and you think you're a speck on the wall, right? You're, you're Yeah. Yep. Nobody sees me, right? Unattainable. Unattainable. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. It, you know, those are uh, those are the underdog stories in sports that we still talk about to this day. So I felt like, right. you know, I kept learning about entrepreneurship and it was it was like the purest sport. It really right. was. And yeah. why do you I, say that? Why do you say entrepreneurship is the purest sport? I love that. Um, it, because to win, it takes everything you have and then some. And, mm-hmm. and you look at like what Steph Curry just did. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you have to be able to dig really deep down inside and you have to turn off all the noise and all yeah. the people that are telling you, you can't do it. Yeah. And then you got to go put the work in. Yeah. And, and the, the, the outcome is really shown by what you do when nobody's watching you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was always willing to outwork everybody that, that I was around. Mm-hmm. And, 
not look at the competition, not look at what everybody else is doing, like have mm-hmm. your own story, right? Mm-hmm. And you're selling whatever it is you're selling mm-hmm. rather than being like, oh, you carry X, Y, and Z. Well, let me tell you why that's bad. Like, mm. That's never been our pitch. It's let me tell you about what we're doing and why we do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that, that is, that is a great story. So you came from, let's, let's just talk about this. You came from a traditional industry, right? Your dad's business, right? You had this, um, this tragic, amazing story and a young life. This all happened. And so my question is, when folks are thinking about coming from a traditional industry and then and and then coming into this space, is the, the cannabis space, the right, what would be your advice to them um, as, as they embark on this journey? What would you say to them? I think the first the first thing is, if you're doing it for the money, you're going to fail, right? Yeah. You have to have a driving force mm-hmm. um, internally that mm-hmm. fuels you mm-hmm. because there's more bad times than good times in this industry, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, you, you have to, you have to really uh, respect the fact that it's going to take years. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's that old saying, like it takes 10 years to be an overnight success story. Wow. Right. Yeah. And you have to grind through that first couple years with no help, you know, and, and I feel like that's the best way to do it. Cause if you have all the money in the world or you have big investors, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to learn how to make it work. Right. Right. And, and you end up buying the things that that you need to learn the hard way. So it's, you know, strap in for, for that ride, you know, um, you really mm-hmm. have to have something driving you beyond the financial upside, mm-hmm. be it, you know, a, a desire to help people, be it a, a mm-hmm. desire to, to make a difference, be it a desire to be somebody or something, yeah. you know, and that's, that's what I've seen is the common thread Mm-hmm. for entrepreneurs like myself in this industry specifically. Um, I think this is the hardest industry in the country. Yeah. Well, maybe the world. Maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and that is very, what you say is so consistent with the professionals in the industry that come from other industries, right? It, it's so consistent that they say it's the hardest thing they've ever done. Hands down. It's not even close. What makes it so hard? It's it's a it's a culmination. I, I would say it's not just one thing. It's yeah. it's all things at once, right? So okay. you're dealing with an ever changing landscape. Yes, right. So that's on on all parts, um, on a legislation part, from a federal level to a state by state level. Right, yeah. you're dealing with a low and a low barrier to entry industry, you know, right. which which brings in every flavor of person you could think of, good, bad, and different. Um, you're looking at black market meets legit market. You're looking at black market meets public markets. You're looking at 
right? You know, hustlers and venture capitalists, and they might be one in the same, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is proven to be the case. <laughs> so, so kind of have like everybody from everywhere coming yeah. into it. Yeah. And, uh, and then you have the saturation, you have, um, you know, the different distribution and what that looks like. You have uh, different cultures, right. Yeah. That, that pretty much own different parts of these types of industries and has for a hundred years. Yeah. Right. So you couple have a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So you have uh, <laughs> these barriers to breakthrough that are constant, you know, mm-hmm. every day. So you have to be just resilient and right. you have to learn how to pick yourself up after you take it on the chin. You have to be graceful in your losses. Right. Yeah. Um, and humble in your wins. So, you know, like I said before, it's, it's an industry that takes everything you have and then some, and then and some, that, that is, a, that is amazing. That is amazing. We're going to, Look, this has been a tremendous story, um, a tremendous story of survival, uh, grit, uh, powering through things, uh, being strong um, and somewhat gifted to be able to um, compartmentalize many things to be successful at one thing. So uh, I think that is uh, uh, crazy. good. And and one thing you said, success happens behind closed doors. I love that. I'm going to use that. You'll see me use that. I'm just letting you know. Okay. (laughs) Um, But let's, let's get into uh, Lift Mate. So you, you created this brand, this business and um, um, tell us exactly what that is. And then we're going to make a transition. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're disruptors in the purest form. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm a guy that, that I, I push, right. I push mm-hmm. the limitations up until we're no longer up until the final line of legality. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And you know, that's what you need to push an industry forward. Um, mm-hmm. you look at it with ride share, you look at it with technology and the internet and everything else. Right. right. So, um, <clears throat> we 2020, we got approached or 2019, we got approached by a public company that was actually right here in Lake Forest, Illinois. Okay. Ran by a very, very sharp individual that's done multiple public companies and very difficult industries. Okay. And that's an important qualification for you, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 And yeah. he said, look, man, you know, here's here's who I am. Here's kind of my, my track record. And, mm-hmm. you know, we are looking to do this decentralized approach of a consolidation in this industry. And um, being a, a, a team player, being a guy that respects, you know, the team mentality and, and also understanding that this is an industry that that's going to get consolidated one way or another eventually. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, let's, let's jump into an arena that I have no experience in. I don't know. Any- <laughs> I don't here, know. We, here we go again. <laughs> here, we, here we go again. Right. So um, at the time I had 12 employees. Okay. Right? And, uh-huh. um, you know, we're going through due diligence, we're going through audits and it's brutal, you know, yeah. cause I don't have like a director of finance and a CFO, yeah. like everything runs through me. So I'm, I'm trying to continue to grow this business. I'm going through the audits. I'm, yeah. I'm like, you're working 25 hours a day or you? right. My yeah. head's gonna explode, <laughs> man. So, you know, we finally get everything done. We close on February 24th of 2020 and the next- Whoa, whoa, February 24th of 2020? 
Yeah. Your life just keeps happening and we, and just it's, these uh, messages would keep coming to you, brother. I'm just saying there's something divine in what you're doing. There is, bro. And that's, yeah. that's the fuel. That, that's the fuel. So, you know, the yeah. next week, the whole, the whole world shuts down. So we yeah. close this deal. We close this big acquisition and merger. Yeah. The whole world shuts down. Right. So yeah. all of our retail stores are closed. All of our distribution hubs are closed. Everything's closed. Um, so we pivot because the FDA makes a statement like, Hey, anybody that has a bottling facility, start making hand sanitizer. Right. So I, put and piece together every connection I have to try to find raw goods, which are like impossible to find. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're producing hand sanitizer, right? Craziest yeah. thing. Um, yeah. We're working harder than we ever have for less money than we'll ever make. Right. And through that process, we were doing due diligence on Delta eight. And at the time it didn't exist. Right. Right. So we get through that summer. We sell an incredible amount of hand sanitizers. <laughs> Keeps <laughs> you afloat, right? Right. To the most yeah. random places um, that you would just places we had no connections. Just you know, again that grit, that grind. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't have to. We didn't have to fire anybody. We didn't have to furlough anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're kind of coming out, and things are starting to open up again. Yeah. We launched, we launched Delta Eight, and <laughs> people are like you're going to jail. You're crazy. You've yeah. lost your mind. Talk to us about Delta eight. What, yeah. Yeah. What, so, it's very interesting. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah. So Delta eight is uh, a THC compound that has a very nice euphoric effect uh-huh. uh, without a lot of the side effects of traditional marijuana. Right. So without the paranoia aspect, without the come down, without the foggy headedness. Yeah cotton mouth without the red eyes yeah so it's it's a a much more social type of cannabinoid in that aspect Mm -hmm. um a lot of people still see definite medical benefits to it but it was it was kind of that first almost wreck type cannabinoid Mm -hmm. that came out of hemp and okay throughout the pandemic cbd died like yes like cbd and hemp died with the pandemic yeah right And, you know, we, we launched it and it was an uphill battle at first, you know, because it was so different. It was. So so who was, who, what, what made it tough? Okay. It was different, but everything's different. So what, what, what made this especially difficult? Uh, The fact that, that we're selling THC, you know, people couldn't quite wrap their brain around it and then they would try it and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, yeah. I like this better than, than standard marijuana. Yeah. And they, they couldn't understand that, you know, this is a hemp derived can. This is hemp. Yeah. This is a product of hemp and it's legal. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're really early on in that way. One of the first companies to, to nationally start distributing Delta eight. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think we all see what the outcome was over two years of that. And, and it, you know, again, in my opinion, it saved the whole hemp industry. It saved the farmers, it saved oh, yeah. the processors, it saved everybody, you know, right. and, right. you know, we start really scaling up, you know, we go from 12 employees to over 150. Yeah. And we did all of this with internal cash flow. never took a single dollar of outside capital, even wow. through the acquisition, the merger and, and becoming a public company, yeah. um, you know, moved into a new facility 
uh, very, very nice facility and, and mm-hmm. really started to build up our team, build up our product catalog. And, you know, we kept disrupting, right? We were the first company to do a hemp derived Delta 9 THC product. And that was, uh, you know, a pop rock type form, okay. form. Uh, Rolling Stones picked up that article and were like, these guys are crazy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that changed the game. You know, yeah. I mean, now you see it everywhere. You pull up yeah. your Leafly email and there's a million companies selling hemp derived Delta nine products now. Yeah. One-to-one CBD or straight D nine. So, yeah. um, you know, we're the first company that did a live resin extract disposable, you know, with, with hydrocarbon extraction techniques and things that have been used in, in the marijuana industry that didn't make it to the hemp industry. Um, so we really continue to push this, this envelope of, you know, here's the legal guidelines. Yeah. You know, how do we, how do we bridge this gap between marijuana and hemp because yeah. they're both cannabis? Yeah. So, so you know, there, there's a, there, there's a converging world here. Yep. Right. And, and you, you, you got to almost touch it, but not go, but, but you don't want to go on there that side. Right. Right. You know, when you, you got to almost touch it. How close are you? Um, microscopic. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. You know, so yeah. It's, it's uh, it, it comes back down to this is all cannabis. Yeah. Right. I, um, yeah. So, you know, the, the laws define them as two different things, um, yeah. but the earth to the earth, man, to nature, it's, it's the same plant. So, you know, we, we wanted to work within what our board allowed us and what yeah. our, our legal team told us the okay. parameters. And yeah, again, you know, running our own race, we're not looking at what everybody else is doing. So yeah. we're just trying to push the ball forward. We're trying to do things that, that we think will be big that, that yeah. we want to use as right. as like a true consumer ran business. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, we just started crushing it, man. Um, you know, we, we went from this $900 company to, you know, we, we did over 30 million last year uh-huh. we're on pace to do 75 million this year. And right. we've, we've, we've been able to touch a lot of lives, man. We've been able to no, a lot of people and we've wow. done it all out of this small town, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? That is so absolutely kick ass. You're hiring all these people. So what do you look for when you, when you're hiring these folks? Man. That's a great question. Yeah. This is, this is a funny story. You'll, you'll get a kick out of this. All right. I can't uh, wait. So I, I brought on a COO, right? Okay. And he's like, look, we need a, we need a H we need HR. Uh-huh. Like, what the hell is HR? Dude? <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean we need HR? He's like, we need HR. So yeah. uh, we end up hiring this lady and I wasn't even a part of that hiring process. And, um, well, that's wow. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> he ended up being the HR director of a bank that I worked at in college that hired me. And then I got fired from that bank. Wait a minute. You didn't even know she was in the process. I didn't even know she was in the process. And after she was hired, I didn't make the connection. I was like, this lady kind of looks familiar. <laughs> um, she ended up being like just a rock star and yeah. a rock star. And, you know, she, fit into our culture, um, that, that we inadvertently created. And then she made sure to, she was, she was the front line of that. Right. So she really hires based on culture. 
right? Like, do you fit uh-huh. within the culture of the company? And really our culture is authenticity, right? So we want people to come as their authentic self. And in so doing that, we're going to get yeah. the best out of people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that yeah. was it. I mean, and you can teach it. them, you can teach them if you need to, you can yeah. teach them the things they need to know technically about the technically, business, right. but they got to be the right person. The foundation's got to be right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That's how you get multiples. That's, that's right. how you get multiples, man. That is, right. that is some, that is some magic sauce that is not secret sauce, but I don't know why people don't get it. And, and that, you know? that's, that's a huge differentiator, man, because yeah. people love their jobs. They yeah. Employees that have our logo tattooed on their arm. Yeah. You know, like yeah. They're embedded because they're part of the company, right? Yeah. They're, they're the, they are the, the, the grounding of our company and yeah. she's done an amazing job where we have this diverse staff, every color from 18 to 65 that yeah. all fit together with this common thread of authenticity. Sure. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's, what's made it a great working environment. You know, that's, what's made it. So we're not turning employees nonstop. Right. And, you know, that, that's why we've been able to, to get the people and, and grow the way that we have over a really short duration. You know, we were a really small company for yeah. the majority of our life cycle. And then it's just taken off, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, that's a blessing, man. So this is, this is uh, literally um, just an amazing story. One of the better stories out there uh, that is so real. You're such a real dude too, man. I can Thank tell. You. Yeah. Yeah. You're just such a real dude. I'm, I'm wishing you and the company really, really well. And I'm, I'm so happy, uh, Nick, that you said yes to come have this chat with us on this day, this show. Uh, we were really uh, fortunate that you showed up for this and, and, uh, and we just chatted. I love it. So uh, that's great, man. I, I want to thank everybody for joining Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host. My guest today is amazing guest, Mr. Nick Warrender, CEO of Lifted Made, Vice Chairman and CEO of LFTD Partners. And I want to thank everyone associated, Protus Global, uh, for putting us out there. Um, I want to uh, obviously thank uh, CannabisRadio.com, an amazing partner. And uh, when you go out there on the platforms that you fish out your podcast, man, give us a five-star rating. We're on every platform that's out there, uh, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, everywhere. We are there. Give us a five-star rating. And look for this particular um show that we did here today with Mr. Nick Warrender, CEO of Lifted Made, Vice Chairman and COO of LFTD Partners. They're doing some cutting edge, pushing the envelope stuff. We love that. We love talking about that. And then follow Protus Global through our social footprint on LinkedIn, Insta, Facebook, Twitter. We're everywhere. Finally, learn more about how and what we do to build companies and how and what we do to help people change their lives. Uh, Look for us at protusglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. Till next time. Cheers. Cheers.